Broadcasting live from the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio. This is Unnecessary Roughness. Caught at the 20. Racing near sideline 10. Turn to the 5. Touchdown Raiders. The crowd applauds because Las Vegas just win, baby. Unnecessary Roughness on Raider Nation Radio, 920 AM. Here's your boy Q. Q. And here we are kicking off hour number three of the show, Unnecessary Roughness, here on Raider Nation Radio 920. My man, Damon Cotton, he's in the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio. I'm in the Airbnb here in Indianapolis, preparing for the scouting combine that gets really ramped up going tomorrow. We'll be doing the show from the convention center the rest of the week. Excited about that opportunity. We'll be talking to head coach Josh McDaniels tomorrow morning, 7 a.m. Pacific time, 10 a.m. Eastern time. And uh, we'll get Dave Ziegler throughout the course of the week as well, plus plenty of players plenty of analysts just a lot to like about what's going on this week here in indy very excited and blessed to have the opportunity to be out here and of course our trip is brought to you by boyd gaming the official locals casino of the las vegas raiders uh definitely appreciate them as well so we're going to take a step away from the combine and the nfl draft and want to get into the conversation about what demon had going on this weekend and we do have coach rod whitson from the vegas vipers of course the hall of famer uh, he'll be calling in around 4 15 to talk about the vegas vipers as they dropped to zero and two but demon you and harry ruiz were on the call harry was doing play-by-play you were doing color it was the first home game so all the home games could be heard here on radio nation radio 920 thought you guys did a really good job but that was your moment, man. That was your experience. That was your opportunity. You found out late in the week last week you were going to get that opportunity. And then on Saturday, in a day that went from being sunny to being rainy and ugly, uh, you were out there at Cashman Field. So tell us about your opportunity. Tell us how it all went down. Yeah, so I got there, and initially when I talked to Harry, Harry's saying, hey, man, as soon as the game kicks off 4 o'clock, it's going to be pouring. And he's <laughs> it's one of those, believe me, trust me. So, you know, I'm waiting for the rain to start, and I'm thinking, ah, now Harry doesn't know what he's talking about. I, I Maybe it might, it might sprinkle a little, but I'm not, I'm not too worried about rain because it's, you know, around 3 or 3.30, you know, and there's nothing, nothing's happened yet. Right. But I will say this, before I start about the actual game experience, when I pulled up, you know, around 2 o'clock, a little bit before 2, people were already tailgating. So that's a good wow, sign. That's yeah. Good. Even when Harry said he got there at one thirty, like on the dot, and he said those same people were out there tailgating. So nice. people were excited to see some football in Vegas because, hey man, football's football. Yeah. So people were out there, you know, supporting, but they they but it was Raider fans as well. As you know, they have their uh, pop ups and everything. I saw yeah. the Raider flags and everything yep. going. You know, don't have all the Vipers merch yet, but yep. you know, Raider Nation still out there supporting the uh, the hometown team. So then, you know, on on the field, you know, looking at the teams warm up. And that and that and even that's fun looking at Coach Rod Woodson, looking at how he's interacting with 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 the players, and then the game starts in the booth, and it was fun. I got to give a shout out to Mike Taylor. We all know him, MT. MT, yeah, yep. MT, the legend. He let me borrow his binoculars, <laughs> <laughs> so I got to give a shout out to him. Really, you know, saved my saved my backside there for the game. MT letting me borrow because I was like, I'm fine without him because he was like, you sure you don't want him? I was like, uh-huh. nah, I'm good, I'm good, I'm good, I'm good. You know, mm-hmm. trying to, you know, I don't want to intrude, but then it was like, man. Made a hell of a difference. Yeah, exactly. You better, you better, better go and get you a pair of those things. He sent, man. He sent me the link to the pair that he has. Yep. There yeah, you pretty go. little penny there. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so we start the game. Harry and I. I mean, the chemistry is natural already. Harry being just you know such a great guy. Got our our wrestling puns in there. Got got to have fun. But that first half, shutout, six zero, and you're thinking, yeah. hey, maybe. And one of the keys were. The defenders, they were trying to rush it in, you know, a rushing play, you know, to yeah. maybe try to score. And the rain was just starting to fall down. 
and the ball, it was literally like a Chris Berman type of a whoop. The ball <laughs> shoots up into the air as the quarterback tries to hand it off to the running back, and the Vipers recover. So I'm thinking, okay, this rain is definitely going to be a factor in the second half. Because yep. that was essentially how the first half ends. And then they made the quarterback change. De'Eric King spent some time down in Houston, spent, did the last couple of years of his college career out in Miami, and he was that was all the difference in the world. Jordan Tamu, he was the starting quarterback for the defenders in the first half. They made that change to De'Eric King, mm-hmm. and he didn't need to throw the ball, but it was just that threat of a running quarterback. Tamu, he was also running as well, you know, but that was more of just – hey, the play's breaking down, he's escaping the pocket. But with De'Ara King, those design runs, that threat of, you know, the the QB sneak or the QB draw, the read option, it was the, the Vipers, they didn't have a way to defend it. And then with the rain, the offense became stagnant also with, with the team there. So it was just a lot of factors into play for how they not blew the lead, but were not able to score in that second half. Right. Well, I'll tell you, man, from watching the, the Vipers the first couple weeks and listening to you guys on the call, and like I said, I thought you guys did a really good job. The defense for the Vipers is really good. Like, the defense to me seems like it's really good, and the offense just hasn't found a way to, to click consistently. And I know that they had multiple quarterbacks that played, including Brett Hundley, uh, former NFL quarterback. He played. Um, but it just it was a combination of, well, the rain – didn't help him look good. I know Brett Hundley hasn't been with the team the whole time, so that didn't help. Uh, just, I feel like it was a combination of a lot of different things. It just didn't seem like it clicked offensively. So when they had uh, opportunities to to score, you know, or at least it looked like they had opportunities to score, they couldn't get it. One of the drives that was really defining to me is they went down uh, the field. They did a really good job. I think on what was it like third and nine? They picked up a big like twenty-four yard gain. It was really nice. It was a little wheel route from the running back out of the backfield. Nice completion from Hundley, and then they go down, and they get close to the goal line, but they have to settle for a field goal attempt, and they go to try to kick it, and the kicker slips, and it, it just goes on the outside of the, uh, of the, um, the up, the up uh, bars, uh, the, uh, the goal post. It just didn't, yeah, and it felt like to me that that was kind of the, the writing on the wall that it was going to be that kind of day. So, unfortunately, the Vegas Vipers dropped to 0-2. But they have another opportunity to right the ship. They have a game coming up this Saturday. Uh, they'll be taking on the Seattle Sea Dragons. Of course, that's at, on Raider Nation Radio 920 as well because it is at a home game. And so all the home games we air here on this very airwave. So uh, excited about another opportunity to see them in action. Of course, here, Harry and Damon and uh, that chemistry, I do believe, will continue to grow. Uh, make sure you get your uh, binoculars, get uh, any notes, anything that you learn from that first experience, and uh, make it to your ne- next experience and make it bigger and better. But, uh, you know, Harry's a pro's pro. He's been doing things for a long time, so I think that that's a good partner for you to be working with and give you some more experience. But uh, there you go. Well done, man. Well done for your uh, your first attempt and your first uh, opportunity as a little color commentary on the Vipers uh, broadcast. Oh, so I've got to ask you as well, you know, because you've been talking about it a little bit, but when you turned it on, what were your first thoughts when you when you turned on the game on Saturday? Um, I just kind of wanted to see and hear what it was all going to be about, you know, because I, I watched their week one game and I knew that uh, the offense was struggling a little bit. And so I wanted to see uh, and hear what they were looking like. And so I was able to watch some on TV, but then I had it also, I was listening, I was streaming it on my phone. People had hit us up and uh, they tweeted at us and said, hey, I'm not hearing, I'm not hearing uh, Harry and DeMond, I'm hearing a podcast. Well, they were listening through the Raiders app. Uh, you have to listen to LVSportsNetwork.com. So I tweeted that out to multiple people, including Just Win Wendy. And then she chimed in and said that she was listening. So I listened to you guys as well. Thought you guys did a good job. I really did. You can hear there was excitement and passion uh, behind the, you know, behind the broadcast and behind the call. So, no, that's a good thing. 
that is uh, that is a really good thing. So, uh, as I said, man, Harry Ruiz and Demon Cotton on the call for the Vegas Vipers, and unfortunately they fell 18-6 to to the D.C. Defenders, but I thought you guys did a good job on the call. Speaking of calls, joining us on the phone lines right now is the Hall of Famer, Coach Rod Whitson of the Vegas Vipers. And, Coach, thanks so much for your time this afternoon. We do appreciate you. And as we were just talking about the game on Saturday, and I know the elements played a factor, but I know that that doesn't matter in the outcome. It was a, it was a factor for both teams. Uh, you guys just weren't able to get that offense cooking. Uh, what have you seen from your team through the first two weeks as you try to establish an identity of the Vegas Vipers? You know, we uh, I think we played well uh, for the most part. Um, you know, go back to week one and, you know, we just didn't make the plays that we're capable of making. Uh, defense played outstanding game, um, you know, but we still came up short collectively. And then in the second game, defense in the first half played lights out, uh, extremely good football, just couldn't get the offense going. Uh, we're trying to find a way to jumpstart those guys. You know, I don't know if I need to get a battery pack and, you know, put some, put put a red and a black on each one of the players, but we got to get something to jumpstart those guys to get going because we got good players. Mm-hmm. We got a good plan each week. Uh, we got to be able to execute it week in and week out and play after play. Does it help knowing that you do have a solid defense, and so you don't have to press and try to do too much offensively, but try to allow the game to come to you? But obviously, you want to get the offense going. Yeah, you know, we, we want to still get the offense going because you know, we got some. I think we got some really good running backs. I think we got the collective best three quarterbacks in the league. Uh, I think we got a set of, of tight ends. Uh, really, all four of them are, are pretty outstanding players. We got, I think, five decent, really good receivers. But you can't have seven first downs and think you're going to win, right? Mm-hmm. You can't give up 231 rushing yards and think you're going to win. You can't give up 15 points in the fourth quarter alone and, and think you're going to win. So uh, that's something that we we're, we we're going to work on. We know we got a good football team. We, you know, I'm hoping the guys trust the process. Uh, we're, we're going to get a breakthrough. I really believe that we're going to get a breakthrough this week, and then we can just hopefully uh, get on the roll and our talent can start showing up on the field. Again, we're talking with Coach Rod Woodson of the Vegas Vipers here on Radio Nation Radio 920. And I say, rough this, my man Demond's got one for you. Yeah, unable to get the win, but in, when it comes to the rushing game, had way more rushing yards than the, compared to the first game where I only had 25, close to 100 this past Saturday. So what was the key to getting the rushing game going and being more efficient there? I mean, you know, doing your job, uh, hmm. challenging the players to do their jobs up front, uh, making sure the communication uh, from the, the front five and also even the tight ends and receivers in the blocking system. Uh, that they're on point, that they're all together, working in unison. Um, we do have some pretty good running backs, um, and we just got to get them unleashed to, to make some plays in the open field. Something else that I want to ask you about, I know it's early in the week. It's only Monday. Brett Hundley, Luis Perez, is the is the quarterback battle when it's still coming out to who's going to be the starting quarterback? Do you know who's going to be under center for that first snap on Saturday? They're not a fluid situation. Uh, you know, I think it's going to keep being fluid. And I told both the guys that, uh, you know, they're going to tell me mm-hmm. by the way they play who's going to, who wants to play. <laughs> you know, if they're, yeah. uh, you know, I think both of them uh, have been inconsistent. You know, obviously, you know, Brett is just coming in. He's still learning the language uh, of the system itself. So that's kind of, you know, difficult. But, we're, you know, we're in, we're in season. You know, whereas preseason, that would be different. But we don't have a preseason. Um, so trying to learn that on the run is a little tougher, um, but I, I think I think both these guys are going to get it. You know, uh, you know, Brett made some plays with his feet. 
Um, you know, I think, you know, we saw in the first game, Louise made some throws, then he made some error throws. Um, you know, we, we left a lot of plays on the field in week, in week two. Uh, and that's something that we're trying to eliminate and try to, to capitalize on all the things that we do positive that we can come out and have a really good third game. Again, we're talking with Vegas Vipers head coach Rod Woodson here on Radio Nation Radio 920. And I know that as coaches, you guys are always looking for teaching moments. Have these first two games been a teaching moment of you have to play two halves? You have to play the whole game. You just can't take a half off. <laughs> oh, yeah. I tell them if we play 30 minutes, we'll be, uh, we'll be 2 and 0. <laughs> but we don't. Mm-hmm. So, you know, that's, that's the downside of it. Um, and they know that. They know, you know, going into the locker room and for whatever reason something changed, something switched a little differently collectively for the whole football team, that can't happen. When we do go in the locker room, we've got to re-energize and come back with that same passion that we had starting the first half. Coach, what were some of the differences between that first and second half where the defenders made the quarterback change from Jordan Tamu to De'Aaron King? They just ran two plays. They ran an outside stretch and a quarterback dive or a quarterback power. That's all they ran. They ran and they ran that over and over and over. They had one pass play in the second half, and that was a uh, extra point. Um, and we couldn't stop the run. So uh, if you can't stop two plays, mm-hmm. you don't deserve to win. Uh, but our defense is way better than that. You know, we're just out of gaps. Um, we missed quite a few tackles. And, you know, that's just not Viper-like, especially for our defensive side. Yeah, and you mentioned about you know, they only threw one pass in the second half. But in that first half, it looked like a lot of picks, you know, were just dropped right off of the fingertips where some of those plays where you wish you had them back. Is that something that's going to be an emphasis You maybe with the defensive backs or just on the defense as well? As, hey, guy, if you create those turnovers, you eliminate the opportunity for them to continue to move the ball down the field. Absolutely. You know, we want our guys to be aggressive to the ball. We want our guys, when the ball's in the air, believe that's their ball. Uh, don't wait for it. Go get it. I, I, you know, if our guys would attack the football, uh, we would all those breakups we had, uh, we would have interceptions. Um, and I, I know they know that. They're, you know, they, they feel it. They, they know they're close. I think we got a really solid group on the back end. And, I, I, that, you know, we just can't press. You can't mm-hmm. press for interceptions. you got to let them come to you. And if we do that, we'll be fine. Again, we're talking with Coach Rod Woodson here on Radio Nation Radio 920. Necessary Roughness. He's the head coach of the Vegas Vipers. And we'll get you out with this. This week you have the Seattle Sea Dragons coming to town. Uh, what will be the biggest key or what will be the biggest emphasis this week in practice as you prepare for the Sea Dragons? Uh, play for 60 minutes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. all, that's all I want. If we <laughs> play for 60 minutes of football, I don't think there's a team in the XFL can beat us. But when we play for 30 minutes, uh, it's hard to win football games that way. Right. No doubt, no doubt. You know, I did want to ask you as well. Uh, what'd you think? I know it's you know you're, you're care you care about the wins and losses, but what'd you think of the 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 crowd that went out there and checked you guys out for the opening game? I tell you what, man, that was awesome, awesome crowd, uh, especially in the rain like that. Because mm-hmm. I, I don't know if I would have stayed. You know, <laughs> but those guys they weathered the storm. Uh, I had you know I had I had my whole neighborhood where I live out in Vegas. They all were out there in the nice. rain uh, cheering us on. Uh, so hopefully this week it doesn't rain. Even if it does, hopefully we can give uh, the home crowd a victory. Absolutely. Well, your game will be aired right here on Raider Nation Radio 920 at 4 p.m. Pacific time. So, Coach, thanks so much. We appreciate you. Good luck on Saturday. I appreciate you guys. 
All right, there he goes. The Hall of Famer, Coach Rod Woodson, joining us here on Radio Nation Radio 920, the head coach of the Vegas Vipers. They're 0-2 on the season, but as he mentioned, if they play 60 minutes, he doesn't feel like there's a team in the XFL that could beat them. You can hear their game against the Seattle Sea Dragons this upcoming Saturday, 4 p.m. Pacific time is when it kicks off. Harry Ruiz, Devon Cotton on the call. 417 is the time. It's the final guest that we have for the rest of the show, so we're wide open like some old-school TV antennas. You can holler at us at any time at 702-365-9200 and also our don'tbebroke.com text line at 69187, keyword R&R. A little news and notes around the league coming up around 430, but hit us up. Holler at us. Anything on your mind, let us know about it. DeMond's in the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio. I'm in Indianapolis preparing for the Scouting Combine, and this is Radio Nation Radio 920. You're listening to Unnecessary Roughness with your boy Q on Raider Nation Radio. Many thanks to Coach Rod Woodson of the Vegas Vipers, of course the Hall of Famer, former Raider, former Steeler, former Raven, all-around good dude. It's always great to have Rod Woodson on. I love how intense he is about the Vegas Vipers. He was fired up after the game, after they lost, and you heard some more of that energy, that excitement in his voice about the opportunity to coach these guys to win games and also the frustration in his voice when it's not it's not going the way it should go is in his eyes because they're not executing they're not playing a full game so uh, there you go and, and again that game that can be heard week three in the xfl right here on red nation radio 9 24 p.m against the seattle sea dragons you'll hear harry ruiz and demon cotton and if you're trying to stream it you can, but you have to stream it on LVSportsNetwork.com, not on the Raiders mobile app. And maybe I'll talk to the fine folks over at the Raiders and see if we can do that. I don't know if that's even possible since it is uh, another professional team. So we'll see. But worst-case scenario, LVSportsNetwork.com. You can hit that, and boom, you'll be able to listen just like many folks did over the weekend. Very proud of uh, the job that Harry and Damon did. Matter of fact, speaking of Harry, he'll be in a little bit later on this week. Uh, he'll be in Thursday and Friday filling in for JT. So uh, just a little programming note there. And, of course, I'll be here all week in Indy flying back early Saturday morning. Should touch down in Las Vegas if everything goes right about 9 o'clock in the morning on Saturday. Just in time to head to the barber and get my hair cut. Just saying. <laughs> got to have priorities in life. Certain things you got to make sure that you get done. But uh, we've been Having a lot of fun today, talking all things, well, Raiders, talking about the Combine, talking about uh, the team, how the, it, it gets built to get, built up, put together, what Dave Ziegler and Champ Kelly and Josh McDaniels have to do, and got a lot of feedback right now on the don'tbebroke.com text line at 69187, keyword R&R. Of course, we'd love to hear from you as well at 702-365-9200. Raider JR here, he said, I'm hoping for a big-time playmaker with our first-round pick. I don't believe trading up is worth Worth it this time around? Roll with Stidham and build around him for another year or two? We've seen that less qualified quarterbacks can get far in the league with a great team around them. That's from Raider JR out to 209. Uh, talk about going get a big-time defensive playmaker. I would like to see, if the Raiders do stay pat at 7, I just want to see a playmaker. I don't care if it's defensive side of the ball or offensive side of the ball. I just want to see someone who could be an impact player. Somebody that you know the Raiders have a stud. Right, Because when you're picking in the top 10, you're expecting to draft a stud. You're not, you're not expecting to draft a dud. You're expecting to draft a guy who's a really good player. So I don't care what position they go get. I don't care if it's a defensive player, you know, a defensive lineman, a corner, 
Uh, I don't think that there's a linebacker that would go in top ten. But you know, whatever the case may be, if they if they were to find an offensive lineman that they feel like that is is top ten that they need to go get them, fine. Let it be the best damn li- uh, offensive lineman in the draft, right? I mean, that's just that's just what it is. I think that the offensive line draft uh, class is, is is somewhat deep, so you don't have to get one so early, but. Whoever they are, the Raiders have to be in the habit now, moving forward, of getting really good players in the draft. Even if it might not be 100% like that's what you need right now, just go get that really good player. It never hurts to have really good players on your roster, right? You can figure out, if your coach is worth the salt, you can figure out how to, how to use these talented players. The thing is you've got to have the talent. You really do, and it's been too far, too many years where the Raiders have had tons of talent, but it was tons of talent on the upper end, like the first string of players are talented, but then the depth behind them is just not there. So you want, you want to be able to have multiple layers of talent where guys can end up leaving the organization, maybe going and getting a big payday, and you feel very comfortable that there's a stud behind them. Oh, no worries. Don't worry. Uh, there, there's a guy behind them that can come in there and fill the void. The problem with the Raiders is they don't have that. So if a guy gets injured or if a guy leaves in free agency, then all of a sudden they're sitting there looking like, okay, well, what in the hell's going on? They need to get into the, the, the habit of getting just really talented guys. Uh, Jim from Yonkers hit us up on the WBroke.com text line. said, Max is a throwback. A Raider years ago was not accepted by other teams that came to the Raiders and flourished. We had some crazy dudes, Hendricks, Matuzak, Alzado, to name a few, that did well thanks to Al. Thank you. That's from Jim and Yonkers. And, yeah, you're right. And Max does feel like a throwback type Raider. And I'm glad that – I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm very glad that the Raiders have him. I mean, he's fun to watch. He's fun to cover. I think he's an inspiration to other guys around him, right? And you want guys that have that work ethic, just like Devontae Adams. The Raiders going out and making that move for him, having Devontae is fantastic because that dude works his tail off. So if you're a little bit lesser on the on, on the depth chart and you see the best dude on the depth chart working his tail off, you better be ready to step your game up and go out there. Hey, if, if Devontae could do it, I better be doing it. If Max could do it, I better do it. If Jacobs could do it, I better do it. I mean, that's, that's, that's in theory what you want. You want guys to, to be so impactful that guys that are a little bit lesser on the depth chart will say, oh, yeah, I need to go out there and work like that guy because he's the best at the best, and he's still out there busting his tail. So, uh, yeah, that's a, that's a really good text, Jim. Thank you so much for that. Uh, Mailman Raider said, yo, Q, wasn't able to listen to DeMond on Saturday, but sounds like it's safe to say, assume DeMond's game in the booth is better than his game on the court. <laughs> well, yeah, considering I'm uh, technically a pro at this and not a professional on the court, yes. Man, let me tell you. <laughs> Mailman Raider got you good, man. Yeah, you're definitely better behind the mic than you are on the court. <laughs> that is that is for sure. I like that. That was good stuff. And, and the only reason, I mean, I can say the same thing for me because uh, that, yeah, that, that is definitely uh, not in my wheelhouse anymore. But what I will say, <laughs> Tamon's game on the court is non-existent. Like, we ain't, nobody's ever witnessed it and no one's ever heard of it. No one ever knows if that's even a real thing. So there's that. <laughs> At least there's video evidence of me being on the court. Now, I might have missed the putback, but there is video evidence of me being on the court. There's people that actually witnessed me on the court. Next so year I'm getting that, that celebrity game. Okay, that, that, good. That, that's got to be the that's that's the goal. That's <laughs> that's going to be my why, Demond. Why are you grinding so hard? Why are you trying to do this, that, and the other? So I can get it, in that celebrity game. Ain't nothing wrong. So with I can that. get big enough to be in the celebrity game. There you go. Hey, whatever works, man. Whatever works. I ain't mad at that. I'll tell you, little Q. 
uh, saw, I guess, some videos of, of me floating around, I guess Snapchat or whatever. I think the wife put it out on Snapchat, and he hit her up and said, is that old man still trying to play? <laughs> so he uh, he gave me the business or, or, or talking a little bit of mess, but that's okay. I ain't mad at him. He's supposed to do that. He's uh, that's, that's exactly how it's supposed to be. I wouldn't expect no other. But thank you, Mailman Raider, for that. I do appreciate that. Uh, let's say we got another text. Let's see. Here we go. Gizmo said, I don't believe we are losing the AFC West arms race. The majority of our losses last season were a handful of plays that made the difference. If we get more consistency over 30 to 40 total plays, three to four close calls a game, over the entire season we win out. We need a culture shift and fresh talent to buy in. Maybe big free agents make the difference, but looking at the 10 rookie starters the Eagles and Chiefs fielded in the Super Bowl, I believe the difference for us is well, or I believe the difference for us will be better talent from the draft across the board. That's from Geese Mode, and that's a really good text, and that is something that I didn't even know that text that came in, and I was just talking about talent. And I'll, I'll say this. I, I think that there's a big gap between the Chiefs and the Raiders right now. Some of it has to do with what you said, the three to four are close calls a game, but also some of it has to do with the confidence in the team. The, the Chiefs go out there with the expectations that they're going to win every game. That, that's, that's how every one of those players in that locker room, they all expect that they're going to win those games, every single one of the games. They don't ever, ever have a doubt. And I'm not saying the players in the Raiders locker room have doubt, but you, they have to know that at times their talent level is not at the same as the other teams that they're, they're going out there with, right? So the thing I've always said is if they have enough talent to have a puncher's chance and, and compete with these teams – which is what I believe Devontae Adams gave them last year was a puncher's chance to be able to compete with anyone. I thought their offense was going to be so stinking good that, that they can compete with any team in the league. And at times it was. We just didn't see it consistently. So if they can shore that up and go out there and be consistent, even just offensively, and have that kind of that kind of like sway, I guess it would be the word to kind of put it, where, where they know that they can go out there and score on anybody, even if the offense just goes out there and knows, hey, this, this – there's no doubt they're going to go out there and get seven. They're going to put seven up on the board. If they could ever get into that zone, they could run with anybody in the league, not just say in the AFC West or the AFC, in the league, but they're not quite there yet. They have some nice pieces, but without Waller and without Renfro for the majority of the year, it never came to fruition the way that we all expected it to. It was really a more incomplete than, than any of us expected. So thank you so much for that text. I do appreciate you. 4.32 is the time. We'll take a quick break. We'll come back, get to some calls, and get some more texts at 702-365-9200. Plus, we'll get some news and notes around the league. We'll do it all. This is Radish Radio 920. You're listening to Unnecessary Roughness with your boy Q on Raider Nation Radio. Sir Whiskey Ray, hit us up. Q. We know exactly how you felt when you got asked by the young lady if you're going to be part of the Combine. Anytime there's a special event for an upcoming draft, our skills take notice and follow us everywhere. Sincerely, Madden players, Fortnite gamers, and DeMond's high school basketball skills. <laughs> Sir Whiskey Ray on the Dolbybroke.com text line, 69187, keyword R&R. Let's go out to the phone lines at 702-365-9200. Let's talk to our good friend, Quick. Welcome to the show. What's on your mind, brother? You ball. What it do? What up, dog? I'm chilling, man. Hey, have a good time out there. Also, Damon killed it this weekend. He felt like a seasoned vet on the mic. Keep doing your thing, young blood. Hey, Q, I got a good question for you, man. I've been thinking okay. about this. I am in my own mind playing GM, and I'm trying to upgrade our wide receiver, too. Okay. Who do you think that's out there kind of free agency or maybe might be potentially open uh, to something? Who would you prefer? And now two top guys on my list. 
are Jacoby Myers, mm-hmm. has familiarity with Josh. Yep. And Brandon Cooks also has familiarity with Josh. I'm thinking of maybe if Renfro's on the block or something like that and we're seriously looking to upgrade the team, that's one way that we can do. Which of those guys do you like, man? Uh, thank you for the call. I appreciate it. I like, I like Cooks, but his concussion history scares me. It really does because he's had so many concussions. Uh, Myers, as you mentioned, has the the real good familiarity with uh, with Josh McDaniels. So I think that really, honestly, Myers would probably be the way that I go because I like to err on the side of caution when it comes to guys that's had multiple concussions in his uh, in his career, and Cooks has. Uh, but man, he can stretch the field. He really can. He's a, he's a hell of a little player, and uh, I think that he would be. You know, he'd be a nice addition as long as he could stay healthy. Uh, I also think that there's an opportunity to go into the draft and get a guy. You know, I know the wide receiver class isn't deep like, uh, you know, like it has been over some years. I've seen some reports where they say that there's going to be like 30 guys going the first three rounds at wide receiver. I don't, I don't think it's that deep, but you can get guys. And, DeMond, you brought up Jalen Hyatt before. Hyatt from uh, Tennessee, he's a guy that can stretch the field. And he can stretch the field his rookie year, and then all of a sudden – he could continue to work at developing his game, you know, as far as an all-around wide receiver. But just to have that guy with that blazing speed, that top-end speed, that would be a nice addition for the Raiders' offense. Yeah, it would be a nice addition, like you said, the blazing speed, the top-end speed. But for a guy like that, you also will he be able to develop in that rookie year? Not going to be called on to do too much. Not going to have the weight of the world on his shoulders with all of the receivers that if everybody comes back and healthy, that the Raiders are going to have. So I think that that's going to be the key. But is he going to be available in the second round? Because he's one of those players, he's already rising up the boards a little bit. But after this week, I think after that 40, that's going to I know we all have the tape. And I don't know why the 40 changes it on people's opinion on a player every year. But he's going to be one of those guys, like that high 4-3, and it's going to be like, whoa, he's, he's, he's definitely he's a lock for the first round now. I think it just verifies when they see the, the, the 40. I think it, it should. Let me put it like that. I say should because we've known. <laughs> we know this. A lot of times it does impact the draft. But it should just verify what you already know. Yeah, this guy's blazing speed. Uh, matter of fact, pull up that sound by, from Daniel Jeremiah on Jalen Hyatt just because since we're talking about him anyway. Uh, and we talked about it before how I think that he'd be a good addition uh, to any team because he has that speed. Speed kills, as we all know. But here's Daniel Jeremiah talking about what Jalen Hyatt brings to an NFL team. Yeah, I mean, he's obviously the vertical stuff is what he does best. Um, but you know, I, I've seen him, I've seen him flash the ability to get in and out of breaks. He just doesn't do a ton of it. Um, so my thing with him is, I think there's a high floor because worst case scenario, he's gonna he's gonna stretch the field. He's gonna take the top off of defenses. You're gonna be able to put him in the slot. You're gonna be able to run deep overs. You can run verticals. Um, and you can just pitch him the ball and, and let him do some things after the catch with his speed. Now he's not he's not super elusive. He's going to need work to develop the full route tree. That's not going to happen right away. But I just think in the immediate term, you've got an elite field stretcher. So um, you know, I think you got to know what you're buying there and and know um, you know what that role is going to be. If you're going to bring him in there and ask him to be you know Keenan Allen, then he, that's not going to work because that's not who he is. There you go. Daniel Jeremiah on Jalen Hyland out of uh, out of Tennessee. And, you know, I think that one of the, the biggest things that he said there in that, you know, 55 seconds or whatever it was, was the fact that he talked about you have to know what you're buying. So when you get him, you know what he is. So you ha- you envision a role for him on the team. And my role that I envision if the Raiders were to select him first round, second round, whatever the case may be, would be 
to do just what he said, stretch the field. I would love to see him work on his game as well and try to work on his routes and be an all-around wide receiver. And you're learning from Devontae Adams. You're learning under one of the best, so that helps. But in the meantime and between time, you could be a guy that just stretches the field. Think about how big that element would be for the Raiders' offense if all of a sudden you have a guy that every time he's on the field, that defense starts to panic, <laughs> right? I mean, we had Willie Galt on, what, last week? And we, one of the first things I asked him was, you know, could you feel it when a defensive, defensive back lined up across from you and they knew how fast you were that you're about to put stress on them? He said, yeah, absolutely. It stresses out the defense. Obviously, you know, Raider fans know what Cliff Branch brought to the table. Hell, recent Raider fans knows, know what Henry Ruggs brought to the table on that speed. You just Speed is something you can't teach. You either have it or you don't. I think the Raiders need that element of that in their offense. And I think Devontae Adams did a hell of a job. His first year with the Silver and Black, I think he did a fantastic job. I mean, he's he's the, doesn't have the blazing speed, but he's so such a good technician. He, it, it's like he's faster than he is just because of his technique, right? And and that's that's a credit to him. That's just him working on what he does. He ain't the fastest dude on the field, but you ain't gonna beat him, <laughs> right? He's put some really good defensive backs. He's put their head on a swivel. All I can think about is that that play he had in Denver on that walk-off touchdown when he put Pat Sertan in a in a blender, right? Pat Sertan thought he was going one way, and next thing you know, Devontae Adams in the corner of the end zone chilling. Pat Sertan ain't even the screen. That's how that's how good of a technician Devontae Adams is. But he that that's what the greats do, right? We can go back like Jerry Rice. Remember what they said about him coming out of Mississippi Valley State? Oh, he's not that fast. He's not that fast. You know what I never saw from Jerry Rice in his career? I never saw him got caught from behind. <laughs> right? Never saw it. Never saw him get caught from behind because he was that stinking good. The greats don't have to be blazing. They don't have to be the fastest dudes on the block. They just got to be great technicians. And guys like Devontae, great technician. Guys like Jerry Rice, great technician. Those dudes, they get it done. And then there's guys that do have that blazing speed. And if they could develop into a great quarterback or a great wide receiver at the same time, then you're really cooking with grease. Yeah, I was going to bring up some guys that from recent history where they had the blazing speed and able to have the, that longevity in the NFL, but did they really ever develop into a great wide receiver? Deshaun Jackson, 15-plus year career. Right. Ted Ginn Jr., I think he was around 15 years as well. He was there for a long time, yeah. Well, you have those guys where even if they can make it get to their late 30s health-wise where, hey, he's not, like Deshaun Jackson's only had one 80-plus receiving season in his right. career, but it's always that threat of don't let him get behind your defense. Right. So no. yep. if the Raiders can get that guy, and like I said, the, the players that they would have around him, you got Waller, you got Renfro, obviously Devontae, hey, man. Maybe maybe you don't you don't have like the best like start to your career you know you're not putting up Jordan Jefferson Justin Jefferson numbers right you know but hey man you might have five plays throughout the season where everybody's talking about you because you are that guy and that's all that we need from you so maybe it's not Hyatt in the first or early second round but I do think that there's going to be some some potential to get a guy like that maybe even in the third round. Yeah, there could be. There could be. And, and like I said, it doesn't necessarily have to be like you mentioned, uh, Jalen Hyatt. But if you can get a guy that brings that kind of that kind of uh, elusive speed to the table, then all of a sudden you just have a new element, another element to the game. So definitely appreciate that call. Good stuff. Of course, we'd love to continue to hear from you. You can hit us up on the don'tbebroke.com text line 69187, keyword R&R, and uh, we'll definitely get that on the air. So, uh, yeah, let's go ahead, Damon. We only have a few minutes left in the show, but let's go ahead and uh, and jump into Cover 3 real quick. It's time for Q's Cover 3, NFL news and notes of the day here on Raider Nation Radio 920. A couple quick notes here, and 
you know, as the Raiders are here in Indianapolis at the Combine, they're trying to build their team for the future. Did want to point out this about their former quarterback, Derek Carr. I mentioned earlier in the show that, well, business happens here in Indianapolis. So apparently, according to reports from NFL Network, Ian Rappaport, Tom Pelissero and company, uh, Derek Carr is also headed to Indy. He's going to meet with several teams while he's here. Uh, him and his free agency is going to be a focus of what's going on here in Indianapolis. Does that mean that we're going to see any of that while we're at the convention center or we're at the Lucas Oil Stadium? Probably not. A lot of that's going to happen behind the scenes, but he is a free agent, and every team is here, so he's going to meet with as many teams as possible. So I thought that was an interesting little uh, nugget to bring to the table because, as I mentioned before, there's so much business that happens here in, uh, in Indianapolis. Man, this is going to shape up to be a very interesting week. Not yes. only the combine alone, because you mentioned it earlier. Hey, we're going to know what Rodgers is doing after the Pat McAfee show. Mm-hmm. I know it has like really no bearings on it, but the Pat McAfee show takes place in Indianapolis. So <laughs> maybe even Aaron Rodgers makes the trip down to Indy. But it's going to be super good to Darren, Derek Carr, him being there. Maybe they get a deal done, you know. Aaron I wouldn't Rogers, be surprised. I wouldn't he, be surprised. If he comes on the Pat McAfee show, hey, guys, I'm staying in Green Bay. I thought I'm putting all the rumors to bed. I know I'm wacky, but I'm wacky every year staying in Green Bay. I think right. the Jets immediately call up Derek Carr and say, hey, man, we got the numbers already drawn out for you. Right. No, that, that could be a possibility. We'll see. You know, it's, it's going to be interesting to see what team pulls the trigger. But uh, good for, you know, D.C. and his, his agent to come down here and, and, hey, every team is here. Why not go and visit with as many teams as possible? I think that's smart. Speaking of quarterbacks, uh, we found out before the show that Washington released Carson Wentz. That saved the commanders $26.1 million against their salary cap. And Sam Hell, Sam Howell, excuse me, the young man from North Carolina, uh, he has a real shot at being the starter there in D.C. And it was interesting. I didn't think that that was the case. But I was doing some ESPN radio over the weekend, and we had a couple of people on that covered the Washington Commanders, and they said, no, the, the Commanders really like Sam Howell. I thought that that was a guy or a, a team that may be in play for a Lamar Jackson if he ends up getting traded or not. And, um, yeah, it looks like Sam Howell is their guy. Now, I'm sure that they'd make an exception if they could get Lamar Jackson, but it sounds like that they don't want to dedicate and try to go out there and roll out as much draft capital as it would cost and, of course, as much money as it would cost to bring in a Lamar Jackson. So Sam Howe looks like he'll be the starter in 2023 in D.C. Speaking of Lamar Jackson, uh, Greg Rosenthal, uh, NFL Network, he was talking about Lamar Jackson and the possibility of a trade. And it's funny because I didn't think that it was something that could happen weeks ago, even, you know, I would say like maybe two or three weeks ago, I didn't think it was something that's a real possibility. Now it feels like it's almost like a done deal that it's going to happen. Here's Greg Rosenthal from the NFL Network talking about a possibility of a Lamar Jackson trade. We, we look at quarterbacks when they get close to free agency. Kirk Cousins actually did it. He got a fully guaranteed contract. Deshaun Watson was not a free agent, but he was freely available a year ago. Every team knew it. What did he get? A fully guaranteed contract. I, I think the NFL is afraid of what happened if someone as good as Lamar Jackson, who's not uh, going to be suspended, who's a lot better than Kirk Cousins, actually reached free agency. This is about as close as they get. Uh, on our podcast, Patrick predicted a trade, and maybe you <laughs> disagree, Jeffrey, but I think as this goes on, I think it's more and more likely there is a potential trade for Lamar Jackson, because if the Ravens don't want to give him a fully guaranteed contract or what he's worth, I think another team will. It's just interesting, man, to see all the people that are talking about uh, a potential trade for Lamar Jackson. Not saying that it's going to happen just because people are talking about it, but it seems like people are more more comfortable every day talking about a potential trade for Lamar Jackson. And I'm interested to see what Baltimore does if they do, in fact, move on from him. How do they 
how do they build that team? They have a new offensive coordinator, so maybe it's easier to reconstruct that, that offense with that new OC as opposed to Greg Roman. Maybe that's part of it. I don't know. But it just seems like there's so much conversation, so much smoke about a potential trade that Lamar Jackson could be on the way out. How about this, Damon? Uh, NFL Competition Committee uh, has been – they've kind of been meeting here in Indy over the past couple of days. They had a lot of conversations yesterday. And uh, this is from Judy Pastista from the NFL Network. She rolled out a bunch of different, um, you know, little – little notes and nuggets from the the meetings that were happening yesterday. I thought this was pretty cool. She said, NFL competition committee wrapped up the first day of meetings at the Combine. One team has proposed making roughing the passer reviewable by replay. Committee will discuss tomorrow, which is today. Early indication is little appetite in the room for making it reviewable. I kind of think that that would be okay. I I feel like that they would make it would make the the reviews more, you know, like I just feel like that there would be more reviews or there'd be more uh, call for reviews. But I feel like that we saw quite a bit in, in 2022 a bunch of calls that were called roughing the passer that were pretty suspect that I think teams would enjoy being able to, to review that, that penalty. Yes, and when it comes to, hey, we don't want the game to be longer, well, then it's got to be on the officials just to, hey, you know it when you get see it, right. it. Yeah, just get it right. How much? How long do you need to see, hey, is that rough in the past or not? Have a clear set definition of what it is, of what the actual penalty is, and then just get it right because at the end of the day, you don't want players and teams being penalized for the wrong call. And it's funny because she said that the committee looked at 80 plays of roughing the passer in 2022, found only three questionable. Big conversation is the sling versus the slam. Slam is problematic. When a defender picks up the quarterback in the air and slams him on the ground, slinging is more considered the natural progression. So that's interesting little note when it comes to you know what the competition committee is looking at, but it doesn't sound like it's going to be something that is going to be made reviewable anyway. How about this? Troy Vincent said the committee discussed the quarterback push or sneak at length, which is what the Philadelphia Eagles did really well in 2022, said they'll revisit that topic at a later meeting next month. Some argued it should be allowed and anticipate more offensive plays springing from it. What are your thoughts on that? Eventually they're just going to stop making football football because (laughs) when it comes to a play, if you can't – What's what's this about? Hey, if you can't stop it, it's also I know that you're probably more in favor of it than in baseball. Hey, we're we're gonna ban the shift. If you can't stop something, why is it on the rules committee? Right. Hey, we're gonna make the game more palatable, or that's not fair. Well, if it's so easy, why isn't why aren't all 32 teams doing it when it's fourth and one, fourth and two, and scoring when it when they're down on the goal line? They should be doing it, right? They should be doing it, no doubt. And I think it's stupid if they change the the rule and, and don't allow them to do it again. If the Eagles found something that works and you can't stop it, so be it. And if you're going to stop that, then you might as well stop the what we all call the Reggie Bush push. They might as well stop that. They might as well stop a lot of things, and I just think it's dumb. Like, if it works, it works, so be it. Stop it. Simple as that. Uh, how about this on the, on the quarterback sneak or whatever? Apparently – uh, some data says that quarterback usage was the highest in the NFL history when it comes to runs. Record number of design quarterback runs, record number of sneaks, second most quarterback scrambles in league history, and also, this is related to all-time high, 69 starting quarterbacks were used because of rotation or injury. How about that? I didn't realize 69 starting quarterbacks were used in 2022. There's only 32 teams, dude. <laughs> Yeah, that that's a shocking number there. When you isn't it? But does it is it more attributed to injuries or quarterbacks just getting benched? Or, um, let's say, well, but right here for Raider Nation, that the Derek Carr would be one of those numbers. But that right. was just a uh, just a benching, right? So I, mean, I don't know. Yeah, yeah. 
And it says all-time high, 69 starting quarterbacks used because of rotation or injury. So some of that could be guys coming in and playing that role where they're just running the ball, right? And so there's that. But just 69 starting quarterbacks is pretty interesting. A little nugget that I didn't realize coming off the 2022 season. And one more little nugget here for NFL News and Notes, a little cover three action. The committee also discussed sideline hits. When is a a runner considered out, potentially drawing an unnecessary roughness penalty or still in the field of play? If a runner has two feet in the white, that is out. Anything else, including one foot inbounds, other in the air, is still a live run. And I think that this is probably a reaction to the way that you saw the the Chiefs win that game against the Bengals uh, when they got hit, when Patrick Mahomes got hit out of bounds. Now, he was clearly out of bounds. I I think it should be it should be obvious, right? The call should be pretty obvious. When you see a guy get hit late, then boom. I mean, it, it, should, it shouldn't be one of those, I think he might have got hit late. Did he get hit late? It should be pretty clear and obvious. But uh, I like how they're saying, okay, two feet in the white. So that means that they've got to be really far out because sometimes it'll look like a, a quarterback's going out of bounds, and then they try to get up the skirt up the field and get a couple more yards. This allows a defender to still hit them as long as both feet aren't in the white. So I'm okay with that. This is one that I'm. I kind of. I don't like it as much. Okay. Because I think that you're setting up the quarterbacks. Hey, if we're trying to protect the quarterbacks, or, or even anybody who's running towards the sidelines, you know, to get out of bounds, you're putting too much pressure on them now. Because I know it's like, hey, it's got to be fair for the defense as well. Of all the things that they've done to take away the power of the defensive player in the league, I don't think that this is something that it's like, hey, we need to give this back to the defense in their favor. Well, I'll tell you what. It's, it's so hard for the defenders to play defense in the league now. I mean, I go back to even week one of the NFL season when the Raiders were playing in L.A. against the Chargers and Nate Hobbs hit Justin Herbert late. Remember Justin Herbert's, like, halfway slid but didn't really slide? <laughs> so, you know, that that's – I feel like that they put so much stress on the defense to be very cautious, and then if they don't go all the way in and hit a quarterback or hit somebody, then they can still get up and keep going for yards or, you know, not, not get hit. And I don't know. I, I think that needs to be clear and cut, you know, be more – more obvious of what the call is going to be moving forward. But that's uh, that's all we got for you for NFL News and Notes. A little bit of news from the committee, uh, the co- competition committee, about what's going to be discussed here in Indy and also uh, later on uh, next month, also in other meetings. So uh, there you go. That's day one from Indianapolis in the books. We'll be at the convention center tomorrow, bright and early. You'll hear from head coach Josh McDaniel, 7 a.m. Pacific time. You can hear that right here on Radio Nation Radio 920 with the morning tailgate. That's Clay Baker, Heidi Fang, Vinny Bonsignor will be here as well. And, of course, we'll be generating this show for the convention center. Thanks to Boyd Gaming. Thanks to DeMond Cotton and the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio. This is Radio Nation Radio 920.